Hello and welcome to the Highly Sensitive Soul Podcast. My name is Lisa Matthews, and together we'll explore both the gifts and the challenges of being highly sensitive so that you can bring your unique magic out into the world. Welcome to today's episode, lucky number 13. I'm your host, Lisa Matthews, and of course, I'm also a highly sensitive soul. I'm a flower essence practitioner, self-development coach for highly sensitives, and a registered craniosacral therapist. I support highly sensitives who are on a journey of self-discovery and growth as they really build a life that suits them. So they really build an intentional life and a conscious life, especially for those that are walking a spiritual path. One element of this that I think is so key, is so important, is to be able to meet in community with other people that are also highly sensitive. And that is one of the core reasons why I hold the Awakening HSP Circle which is on every month, and we have a different theme, a different flavor, depending on what's in the air. And I'm really excited to be holding this on flower essences for highly sensitive people. So of course, we're going to have some guided meditation time to connect to the plants. We're going to explore what flower essences actually are, what this energetic form of plant medicine is about, and how we can work with it for our own inner growth, our own soul healing, and to connect to the magic of plants. So I'll pop the link for this month's Awakening HSP Circle, which is all on flower essences, specifically for highly sensitives. Coming up next Thursday, May 13th at 5.30 Pacific time. I'll include that link in the show notes, So you can head right now, if you like, to combinationhealing.ca forward slash events, and you'll see it right at the top there. And when I was recording this episode with today's wonderful guest, we had a wide range of technical challenges recording this. So I've done my best with the editing, though I had to use a different program than normal. So If there was a little bit of a difference in sound quality today compared to normal, that is why. Though I do my best to really make sure that the sound quality is as good as I can get it. I'm very sound sensitive myself, so I understand the importance of that. Okay, so let's sink into today's episode that I'm really excited to bring you. I have another wonderful guest that really combines a lot of things I'm really passionate about. Now today I have on the show Marie Zach. She is a sensitive soul who works with herbal medicines and somatic tools to support her patients to become more embodied, alive versions of themselves. She is passionate about connecting people to their bodies the plants around them, and the ecosystem they inhabit. Marie is one of the co-founders of Althea Herbals, which she created with her partner in life and business, Travis Cartwright. Althea Herbals offers one-on-one herbal clinics, educational courses, 
and handcrafted herbal products. I've known Marie for a few years now, and gotta say, her knowledge, her connection, and her love of the plants really shines through. So I hope you will enjoy today's episode where I interview Marie on herbalism, ways to connect to plants in a body-based way, and we'll dive into the somatic element. When we say that word somatic, we're just meaning of the body, connecting to the body, as well as so, so much more. So without further ado, I'm going to shift us right into today's interview with the wonderful Marie Zach. Well, it's so awesome to have you on the show, and I'm really excited to bring your knowledge, your plant wisdom, and all the other elements that I'm sure you're going to bring in today that I don't think most people actually connect with a herbalist. So really excited to dive into that, and we'll save more on that for our whole conversation, but just really, really glad that you had some time to meet today, and welcome to the podcast, Marie. Thank you for having me, Lisa. As is kind of the natural place of beginnings, I would love, however you feel called to share, I'd love to hear about your journey to becoming a herbalist, because I know, especially when we're in a little bit of a different line of work than the mainstream, though I love how herbalism is really starting to have this renaissance that's showing up again. But there's a deeper story behind it, and and I know a little bit of your story, but I'd love to hear however much you'd like to share with the audience here about your journey to becoming a herbalist. Yeah, so I'll start at the beginning, (laughs) because really, you know, becoming a herbalist was one part of a, of a longer journey. And um, yeah, I grew up in Nelson, BC, which is where I am now where I practice. And as this is a highly sensitive podcast, I will mention that I am a highly sensitive person and was a highly sensitive child. So yeah, I grew up in this beautiful mountain town um, with lots of siblings. I have five siblings um, in this, on this really beautiful piece of land, but things felt really hectic in my home. And they felt with all the kids running around and my family was super religious and um, there's just a lot of pieces there that just like really couldn't, they really couldn't attend to my sensitivities. It just, um, it just wasn't available for our family dynamics. So being in a place where I actually was so connected to nature, actually at one point when I was in grade, I did up to grade two in school and then grade three, I like begged my mom, convinced her to let me stay home so I could just play in the forest because even at that time, the plants and being in nature was super grounding and being at home was super grounding and just being slow and all of these things that are now very much part of my life. So even as a child, I knew that. And yeah, I was a really sensitive kid and just, it was challenging. My parents, definitely, there's a lot of fear around um, what it was to be magical and spiritual and all of these things because it didn't fit into their paradigm. And so I just really had to um, put that part of myself away because it wasn't, there wasn't space for it in our family. And it wasn't until I was a little bit older, when I was 20, um, my sister and I went backpacking in Southeast Asia and um, 
we discovered yoga, which I already knew about yoga, but I hadn't practiced it and I hadn't, I didn't realize the depth that was there. And so, yeah, we started um, doing all these yoga practices and that really started to connect me back to my body and make me realize how much unprocessed stuff was there. And um, yeah, it all spurred me and I ended up uh, moving to Victoria, BC and doing a yoga teacher training. And from there, I studied, um, I went to Pacific Rim College and was studying holistic nutrition. And in my first semester at nutrition school, I also had to take a couple of herbal courses. Um, one of them was just an intro to herbs class. And then the other was an energetics of herbs class. And this energetics class was amazing. Um, for me, it was just totally like in the class, we would drop dose herbs. So we would um, take a small, just a couple drops of a plant and we would all sit and, and meditate with the plant. And then we would talk about what we noticed in our bodies, how it was showing up, memories that um, came up from it, all these kinds of things. And I was, I noticed the plants right away um, really speaking to me, but I also had this whole story where I had convinced myself early on that this part of myself wasn't real. So it was like this back and forth of being so drawn to the herbs, but also being like, oh, I'm crazy, or I'm not special enough, or this is magical, but I'm not magical, or whatever. Like it was, there was a lot of um, confusion and storytelling going on in my own world. <laughs> Which I think is really natural <laughs> for a lot of highly sensitives as they discover these other layers that really have always been available, but because of our environment and circumstances and, and even with a, a really wonderful upbringing or being connected to nature, there's, there's still these then our own yeah inner stories, as you say, and then the cultural layers of like, wow, I wasn't taught in high school about a plant and direct communication with me just by taking a few drops of a tincture of that. That's often how I work with flower essences. So I love when you bring in drop dosing in workshops. I've had the pleasure of going to a few of those with Marie and her partner, Travis. So I really, really love that you bring in this idea of of discovery, but that it's challenging too. And I kind of dove in there. So yeah, feel free to, to dive on after you're, so you're in holistic nutrition school or you're in that program and you're starting to like get curious about plants and something else maybe going on. Yeah. And, and I'll also say like, not only is it, I, I guess there was just a lot of fear around it. Like there's this whole story, you know, in, in my family culture of like, talking to plants would be demonic and that would be scary and right so there's that too which I won't go into that but that was like a, a really big part of it where I was basically afraid of myself really I was afraid of my mm. intuition I was afraid like there was like nature was beautiful and my family loves nature but not to like commune with nature not to be a part of nature but just to be it's like it's they love to like you know, sit and enjoy their view, but they're not going to go and start um, becoming a part of the landscape in that way. So um, yeah, so that was a big part of it for me and like overcoming that. 
And on the more surface, it just looked like, oh, I'm crazy or, oh, I don't know what I'm doing or something like that. But on the deeper level, it was a lot of fear. And so over time, I continued to take, I was in the nutrition program for actually three semesters, but I kept taking more and more herbal classes to the point that I wasn't actually taking nutrition. I think in my third um, semester, I don't even think I was in any nutrition classes. I think I was in herb and like herb classes and some sciences. Um, and I remember like finally making that choice. I was on my bicycle biking home and I was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to switch programs. I've decided like <laughs> so excited. And I came to school the next day and told my teachers and they were like, yeah, very obvious. Like my teachers weren't even surprised. They just thought it was funny that it had taken me this long to like make that decision. And <laughs> well, so um, how we go is yeah, exactly. if we need some time, we, we can process a little longer sometimes, <laughs> but it's hilarious when we actually get there and people are like, well, we knew this already. It was kind of obvious, but <laughs> I totally relate to that. Yeah. So that, uh, yeah, totally. I definitely am just a slow person and I've had to just accept that about myself because I've tried to have things turned up and busy and really fast for a long time. And now I'm <laughs> learning that that actually is not suited for my nervous system. So, um, yeah, so I did all of that. I finished the program. I also studied at other places. So I, um, you know, the program at Pacific Rim is very focused on clinical herbalism, but I also wanted to learn how to medicine make, and I wanted to learn how to grow herbs, and I wanted to learn um, some other, like, approaches to herbalism. So um, I've studied at some, through, for example, uh, the Evolutionary School of Herbalism is one of the main other places I study, which is all online, but I've also studied on people's farms. I did an apprenticeship at one point, so I've done a bunch of other things as well. And then I moved back to Nelson with my partner, Travis, as you mentioned earlier, and um, I decided to also add on top of my training a somatic and relational therapy training because I just felt like I needed, because I'm such an emotional person, um, people with a big emotional things show up in my space because they just energetically are drawn to me where we find each other. And so I really did feel that it was time to add some of those um, skills onto, um, onto my training as well. Yeah, and I love how the journey you've taken and I just want to name because I thought it was super impressive and I was really happy to hear these kind of programs existed that just before we shift into the somatic side which of course I'm really excited to dive into but the Pacific Rim training was pretty pretty in-depth it was it took it was a few years I don't know the the specifics of it but yeah it's a three-year program if you do it full time um, because I was at Pacific, I was at Pacific Rim for eight semesters because I did um, the the nutrition and then I kind of crammed the <laughs> the herbs in and the rest of it but yeah yeah so it was like a few thousand hours of, of training and I know you, you remember you talking about a clinical component too so yeah. I just love the depth that you come with the herbal side and as well bringing in the I love the school of evolutionary herbalism as well. This is something that I have taken one of their courses. They're they're a place I, I dabble in and I love Seja Papham. I never know how to say his last name, but very cool human being. If anyone's curious about just 
a different way of looking at plants. I think we can both easily highly recommend their courses. Mm -hmm. They're pretty fun. And yeah, I was actually shifting over to the somatic side of things. I'd love to hear how that actually then influenced your clinical practice. Yeah, so it totally changed the way that I've been able to show up with people where, you know, rather than asking them just this cognitive story about their symptoms and what's going on in their body, um, and they have these kind of, when I eat this food, I feel this way, or whatever it is, all of a sudden there's this layer of depth added where we're really able to listen to the body. And it also gives me (laughs) more space and permission to use my natural gifts Um, to feel like I'm allowed to just sense into people and um, let them know what I'm feeling and we can play with that versus before I felt like there wasn't really space because the model that I was originally studying was a lot more biochemical and a lot more based on understanding yeah chemistry of plants and kind of like more of the modern way of understanding um more holistic than the modern way or like the Western way of understanding health and disease, but still in that direction. And now there's just a lot of spaciousness where it's like, this is what's showing up in the room and we're going to be with that. And a lot of times people's, you know, ailments aren't as simple as, um, you know, they just have high blood pressure because they just have high blood pressure. A lot of the time what's showing up in the room is like something that happened to them when they were seven years old that hasn't been resolved that needs to be touched on and resolved (laughs) or whatever it is, right? So there's this whole new way of holding space for people. And I love that you can really sink into and start to bring back those gifts that like we were talking about earlier, kind of tuck away or that we often we often kind of shut off and I really resonate with what you're saying about that piece of coming into our own, really the the gifts of being highly sensitive and being able to just sense into things without having to really just stay in that more cognitive field. So yeah, I really appreciate how you brought that in because I think that's pretty huge. And why is getting in touch with our bodies so helpful as highly sensitive people? Yeah, so I've noticed a lot of highly sensitives are pretty disconnected from their bodies due to programming, um, which is funny because I actually find that highly sensitives probably have the most potential to be connected to their bodies and probably have the most potential to feel disconnected from them because everything is just more amplified and more extreme. So the reason why it is such a gift to be connected to the body is that our body is the container. (laughs) Our body is the container that for one, it stores and holds and remembers um, stories that need to be resolved in our system. So there's that whole piece of trauma resolution, which is really powerful. But then also, it is a landing place and a grounding place for all of the things that we feel. So whether we're really spiritual, really emotional, have a lot of mental energy going on, whatever it is, um, we can feel a lot and we can feel really far away from ourselves. And it can be very hard to just be present and in the moment and to tune in and land. So paying attention to the body and sensing into the body is um, really powerful for people. 
Yeah, I completely, completely agree to that. And I find it's this evolution in itself. I've trained for years to connect to my body and I like it it was something that was so surprising to me coming from a nursing background, be like, wow, there's so much here to explore. And that, you know, that was years ago now, and it, it just continues to go deeper and deeper and deeper. So like anything on our paths, I think connecting to our bodies has no, no, there's no finish line. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And what's so cool about it is that the body doesn't lie. <laughs> so the body really does, um, inform what what is going on kind of in the background and so you know sometimes people will come in kind of like I said and just say I have this condition and the and when I get onto people's pulses and start listening into their body I'm like whoa like I think of for example someone who came in just the other day and they had you know some things going on on a more physical level and I got onto her pulses and I was just like whoa you realize that your body is freaking out right now like what's going on and she went from being you know quite calm in the room to just tears and she was like this really big thing happened I haven't known how to process it la 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 la. and all of a sudden the session really changed gears and was super powerful but it was like by listening to the body and not just staying with that cognitive story of like oh you want these three kind of really linear surface level things to be treated okay (laughs) like it's so much deeper than that and a lot of the time the reason that we're getting um you know physical issues arising often are you know coming through from our more spirit body or our more mental body or our more emotional body that then is manifesting through our physical it's like hey pay attention to me (laughs) it's louder and louder and louder 100 percent yeah, and, and I think there's definitely uh, almost like a toolbox. There, there's time and place for everything. Like there's mm-hmm. time and place for all, all layers of exploring. Yeah. And I feel like now there's such this big shift. Like the tide is starting to turn to be like, oh yeah, there is a lot of wisdom in our bodies. How about we explore that? So do you have some favorite tools or suggestions for maybe people that are listening to begin to get in touch with our bodies again or a deeper level with that kind of continuity, that evolution. Yeah. So this, I I love listening to your podcast because I feel like you're really good at giving tools around this. And the biggest thing that I suggest is honestly creating space. So rather than just, you know, being like, Oh, I don't know what my body's saying. It's like, well, the body needs space to come through it might not be quite as um quite as easy to locate or pinpoint what it's communicating so we really need to give the space for that to happen and a really good example of this that i I often um tell people is often people will be like i just need to like have a night have some come down time i'm gonna have a bath but then they'll go in the bath and they'll bring a podcast or something cognitive to do because they're not actually really able to let themselves have that space to let the body have that space of just completely coming down resting and listening in and so I see this a lot with people where they kind of give themselves space they have alone time maybe but a lot of the time they're filling it up with podcasts is a really good one but other things right just other mentally stimulating things whether it's a book whether it's having a conversation with someone whatever it is and there's not actually that slowing down and that capacity to listen. And so then 
how are we supposed to hear our body if we're never carving out time or opportunities for it to really have a place in our lives, right? Yeah, and I, I really resonate with that because it's been a journey for me with social media. And I know we have some highly sensitive entrepreneurs or business owners that tune in and that are listening. And, and I've been pretty open with my journey of shifting from being on social media a lot. Actually, I just shared a little bit on an ironic video the other day saying, I'm, I know I'm sharing this on social media, but how much this layer of digital mindfulness comes in when our current culture, yes, everything going on, we're more online, but when our current culture is so much more pointed in the direction of always being on with, as you say, you know, podcasts in the bath, I often put them on. I'm really much more mindful of when I listen to podcasts now, because I started to catch myself and be like, oh, wow, I listen to this when I'm doing the dishes and maybe I'm just going to do the dishes now. And sometimes not, sometimes I want that extra layer. So it's a, it's a practice and an evolution. And it can also be really, to put it bluntly, like really freaking uncomfortable to get in touch with our bodies again. Sometimes it's like cracking the lid underneath. So if you're listening and you're like, well, I kind of tried that, but it was intense. And it's a process in itself of like going slow and finding out those ways of creating space. Because I love that you brought that in. And I think that's where coming back to nature and the plants is this wonderful, happy medium in a way. And I have so many curiosities of your, your harvesting. And I know you're very conscious and very ethical in the ways that you do this. But I feel like getting out into nature is that wonderful, happy medium too, if one struggles with starting to turn off, but still feeling the brain circling. You're like, well, how do I get in touch with myself? But if, if nature calls for being outdoors, then if that is an option right now, I know it's not always for everyone given our current climate, but I'd love to hear about any, any herbal medicines that you have that support this connection to our bodies that support our embodiment. Yeah. So that's a huge question. But yeah, there's a couple things I could say around this. Um, before like naming specific plants, I'm just going to talk more broadly about being with plants. So for highly sensitives, we've had to learn how to essentially stay on overdrive all the time in order to just be normal in the culture where like, you know, for me, for example, like lights are so hard for me to be around. They're just so bright. And as soon as I turn them off, I just feel like, womp, <laughs> like everything comes down. Um, And it's, yeah, so anyways, there's things like that, there's noises, there's all the things that stimulate us. And so we've just learned to be like in this kind of tense state to navigate and be able to perform and to show up in a particular way. And what's so wonderful about being with plants and being in nature is all of our sensitivities get to come out and we can actually soften and release and let go of these really intense tension patterns that are protecting us from the overstimulating world, but they're not necessary when we're in 
you know, these natural settings. So just walking through the forest or even for me, even more than walking through the forest, I actually like to just sit in the forest where I'm not even moving my body and I'm just fully letting my nervous system come down and I'm tuning into a plant. I usually choose a particular plant and I'll actually just sit with it and feel its energy. And that is, there's so much nuance there. There's so much softness there. And it's like turning up and widening our capacity for these soft sensory um, experiences and letting go of the need for these really intense sensory experiences. And you're right, it is really hard. It's uncomfortable for some people, especially at first, but it is so nourishing when we can um, learn to to allow that to be a gift rather than it being um, something that we tell ourselves is not okay. Because a lot of the time that's the story, like not productive, um, not valid, just not okay for whatever reason, right? Yeah, yeah, I definitely hear that. It's been an evolution on my own journey to A, find that comfort level going back a number of years, A, found that comfort level with spaciousness. And there's probably going to be a lot of, of different experiences that people have had that are listening from, oh, I find it really easy to turn off and just kind of settle in and I don't even like being on my phone through to that's one of the key coping mechanisms is just to head to one's phone. So also, and I know the same with this as well, offering a a really open space for wherever people are coming from. There's no judgments here. I've done it all. I've fallen mm-hmm. down to YouTube holes for many hours <laughs> and emerged hungry, had to pee and was way too late. So I'm like, I, I've walked this and this rediscovery over the years. It's actually why I am teaching a course right now, specifically on digital mindfulness and creating these daily rituals that are supporting us. One mm-hmm. of which, huge part, is connecting with our bodies. And if this has been a struggle for you, if you're like, I've tried it before, then looking for a somatic practitioner in your area or anyone that works with the body can be a really wonderful way of starting to find that safe space to gently sink in. And Mm -hmm. there's starting to be this growing movement around somatic practices about connecting to our bodies and I feel like they pair with plants so so well like when I'm when I'm being called to make a new flower essence it's that's often one of the first things that show up is I'll say still remember seeing a flower here called glacier lily so so beautiful um now I'm thinking, is that my name for it? <laughs> That's how I call it. The little yellow lilies that pop up. They're some of the first ones out of the snow here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it's one of those experiences that I remember walking around this bend in the trail and it was like my whole body just opened and got so excited. And this is, again, the gifts of being a highly sensitive is when you start getting these extra sensory nudges these intuitive nudges, whatever words you want to bring to them, it starts bringing this whole different dimension to life. I don't know. Have you noticed this? That like the more you notice on a more subtle level and on that level that isn't as easily objectified, like we can't replicate that experience for someone, but the more you start to see the subtle, the more you sit with plants, the more you get outside, the more it's like, wow, this is like a whole new element to life. And that's why I think of connecting with plants 
in any way, but really just watching them in their growth season, like we're into spring now, things are starting like that in, is it, in itself is part of a spiritual practice, just observing and watching. So that's one thing I really value about plants and about herbalism as well, is that connection with plants, especially with your background, plants, body and subtle energy. So it's pretty cool. That was a long, yeah. <laughs> a long monologue. <laughs> totally, totally, though. I mean, I agree with everything you said. And um, yeah, there, like you said, there's just like the more, the more time we spend there, the, the deeper the subtleties come out. And, and kind of what, like going back to my own story where, where I was convinced that I wasn't special enough, wasn't magical enough. And the more that I've just put that story down and been like, that's actually not true and ridiculous <laughs> um, because I'm so sensitive and just pick up really unusual things that other people don't seem to notice or know about. Or yeah, that, you know, some of my patients come in with things that nobody else has been able to feel and understand with them. And I'm like, Oh girl, I got you. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's really powerful to have that, to have that shift and to start creating safety within the body and safety within our sensitivities, because they sometimes don't feel safe. Sometimes it literally doesn't feel safe to be sensitive. Um, and that's possibly programming that has gone on in our lives. And so it is really like, creating a new story and a new way of showing up. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And it, it is so deeply powerful to acknowledge our, our stories, our journeys in life, not to have them define us, but begin to rewrite them. And mm -hmm. sometimes that's honestly a very helpful practice in itself of literally writing the story out as it is and rewriting it the way you would have liked it to have been or the way you'd like it to be now. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's almost like, I think of it as like slow transitions into the body because slowness and safety go so well together. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's so many directions we can, we can go when we're talking about the body and we're talking about stress responses, disassociating from the body, disconnecting from it. But I feel like it, yeah, we can really simplify it in some ways by just keeping it, yeah, very simple, heading for a walk without a phone or even having the phone off if you want to just have it nearby. Mm -hmm. And I do want to acknowledge I have connected with others that they don't actually love being out in nature right now. They've had other things pop up or they've had a bad experience in nature so that they don't feel safe. Mm -hmm. We have a lot, we have a lot of bears in our area. So I've talked to some that are like, oh, I don't really go that deep in the forest when the bears are coming out and that sort of thing. So it's a curiosity if you have other ways of people connecting with, with plants or is that a way that people can, maybe that don't feel as comfortable or logistically can't access nature right now and that people can connect with tinctures and connect to maybe the feeling of their body that way. Like, do you have a practice that you ever suggest for people when they're like first starting to take their tinctures to tune in and slow down that way, bringing nature in their home? Yeah. So there's a couple of things I'll quickly say um, just before getting into tinctures is just that plants are everywhere. So even if you're like downtown Toronto or whatever it is, like there is a plant growing somewhere on your block <laughs> and you know, 
it could be that people literally don't have access to leaving their homes right now. And, and then that's a whole nother thing. But I just wanted to put that out there that um, just because we're not in the deepest forest, it doesn't mean that there aren't plants around to connect with and tune into. But um, yeah, looking more at the, at the tincture preparations or teas or whatever um, preparation of medicine you're working with, a really great practice is, is truly to just kind of what we're saying is turn off your phone, <laughs> turn off other distractions, um, set up your body and your nervous system to be as comfortable as possible. For me, like I said, I will actually physically turn off all the lights because I just do better in darker spaces or whatever, whatever works for that person. Absolutely quietness. And once you're feeling like really taking care of in your own nervous system, that's a great time to connect with another um, you know, another body. So we can think of plants and their bodies as what we're taking into our bodies. And so, um, yeah, so that's when I would say sit with your tincture and even just first holding it in your hand, you know, the bottle in your hand for a few moments and just having some sensing into and maybe some gratitude, some recognition that this plant maybe gave up its life to be here with you or maybe a part of its body um yeah and then once there's kind of been that that connection and that um you know that gratitude exchange then just taking some of that medicine so probably just a few drops depending on the plant and just sitting and noticing just noticing what you notice and it could be nothing like the first time that I started working with plants I didn't notice as much as I do now because I was new to it but it might just be that you notice um, breath in your lungs or you notice your muscles relax a little bit or whatever it is. And just really spending some time to really consciously be like, okay, I'm taking note of what's coming up. And we actually run something called Herbal Medicine Club, which is... We just we, thinking about that. <laughs> which is basically this exact practice, but done as a group. So um, the entire group blind tests so they don't know what the plant is. And they will test a plant and then we'll discuss as a group. We'll be like, what do you feel? Um, and they take it for an entire month. So people are taking these plants every single day without knowing any of the medicinal properties of the plant. And then we have the group come together and like, how do you feel? What was your experience? And it is so incredible. I just love this course. It's my favorite course that we teach, but people, for one, there's definite links and similarities and, you know, people are like, what? You felt that? I felt that, right? It's everybody's kind of telling a similar story a lot of the time. And there are people in the group who are like, I don't think I felt anything. And that's okay too. But there's always um, at least, you know, it's usually about half the group is like really clear on this theme that's emerging for them. And then about half the group is like, I'm not really sure, but I like the taste. <laughs> and that's totally fine too. So um yeah, and then we come together and, and actually get to know the plant and we look at like the folklore and tradition and the current medical uses and the phytochemistry and we, we go really deep. But um, but yeah, it kind of gives this broader chance to start with the body, to start with ourselves, form this personal relationship with the plant, tune in, and it's giving ourselves a chance to regulate our own body, come down into our own body and get to know this plant on a more personal basis rather than just reading about it in a book and then we can add that cognitive information in afterwards and I absolutely love that and it's 
A sounds so fun. I've done some of that work <laughs> with you, but I haven't done that full course yet. A little bit out of logistics, but I've done a course up in my neck of the woods in Roslyn where you guys taught, I want to say it, well, it was the energetics and, and herbalism. I don't remember what you named that course, but it was really, really fun because we had a mini experience of that, like our little group. And we, and we took a, a small amount of each tincture and just explored what it felt like. And it's really, really powerful to do. And, and we haven't actually chatted about this beforehand for those that are listening now, but I'm like, this is a really similar way of how I work with flower essences. So why am I not surprised in the least? <laughs> <laughs> so it's just one of those yeah, really, really wonderful things about especially being a highly sensitive person that loves plants. I think we find these often much, much older ways of connecting with plants than say reading about them. And mm-hmm. like with flower essences, ideally, I don't even look any about anything to do with the, the plant if I can, if they're new to me, till I make it and take it for a while and make sure, obviously, check on the toxicity side of things. But as flower essences, that's not as much of an issue because it's so diluted. But I often take that mother essence right at the start and woo, it is a different experience. So if you're just starting to work with plants, if you're new to learning about plants, then just allow yourself that space and that time to most build that energetic repertoire of, of sensation and what shows up. And then, yeah, looking at what it means afterwards, really, really fun because your experience kind of trumps all, but it's neat to read and learn more about it. So super, super fun. I also just quickly wanted to say that um, plants show up for different people in different ways. So sometimes, and this is what energetics is all about, which we don't have time to go into, but um, just to note that like one person might love a plant and it feels like such a great fit. Whereas another person is like, actually this plant doesn't feel the best in my body. And so that is the benefit of really taking the time to tune in to how it's landing for us and actually listening to that. So just because a plant says helps with anxiety and you take it and feel more anxious, that's a really good cue that you should probably not take it. That's okay. There's so many other plants that are probably really well suited for your, your unique constitution. And that's the magic of working with real live um, sentient beings. They're as unique as we are. And Yeah. I so love that. And that brings to mind when I, I started taking lemon balm first as a an essential oil. Melissa is more commonly known as, um, maybe less commonly known, and it, as a tea. And every time I I took it, I actually have a whole series of video or a whole video on a tea attunement practice. And I'm laughing because it's so like we're walking through it now in a way. <laughs> but yeah, maybe I'll drop the link for that as well in the show notes. But every time I took lemon balm, I just felt this rising in my head more and this more sense of ungrounding. I'm like, no, I don't know why, but this doesn't, doesn't work. And I actually can't remember if it was, I feel like it was something that you'd brought up in that <laughs> class that I, I came told in. You that. That, <laughs> yeah. That I went, Oh, that makes sense. Like it's really heavy on the air element. I can't remember. I remember. So you and I were teaching the highly sensitive class together, oh, right. that was plant medicines for highly sensitives or something like that. And I mentioned that I was like, you know, lemon balm, you're going to read about it. It's a great one. Um, going to be really, really recommended for 
for us because it's for nervous systems and really supportive in that way. But it also has so much essential oil in it that is, it's just such a volatile plant and the energy of it is yes. So up and out and so uplifting. And if you are someone like me who, um, (laughs) yeah. And you who feels like my energy is so big and up and out so much of the time. And my work is to really ground it in and bring it down. I'm taking bitters. I'm taking cooling plants. I'm taking plants that ground and bring the energy down, not plants that raise the energy back up. And so I made that, I I mentioned that in the class and I remember you were like, Oh, (laughs) Oh, that makes sense. God, that's where it was. I was like, pretty sure it was you that mentioned that but yeah it's like yeah yeah, that's why I absolutely I adore like one of my favorite flower essences which I make in almost all of my blends is uh, is is from a beautiful cedar tree and it's for that (laughs) that downward kind of movement and I think I think this is where when people get into learning about plants and learning about herbalism getting to understand the energetics of it and I'm wondering if just briefly, because I know this is a huge topic. When someone hears energetics and plants, they might not relate it to a constitution type thing. And even that constitution, I'm probably using a a different word than I'd prefer, but I'm wondering, is there like a just really straightforward way of talking about energetics, constitution and plants? Because this is how we start to work with plants on an individual level. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's funny because Travis and I, my partner Travis is uh, also a herbalist and we work together, but Travis and I, um, I use the word energetics for like two different things. I use the energetics to describe just the energy of the plant and how it feels, which makes it confusing. But really what energetics actually is in the proper terminology, if you're studying Western herbal medicine, which is what we study, traditional Western herbal medicine, um, energetics speaks to these three qualities that we're looking at. So we're looking at temperature. So is it hot or cold? Moisture, is it dry or moist? And then tone. So does it relax or tonify? And so it seems like a really ethereal word, energetics, but it's actually the most pragmatic. It's like, when I hold this plant in my mouth, does it feel dry or does it feel moist? Does it feel hot? Like, you know, cayenne pepper, or does it feel cooling? lemon bombs a cooling plant whatever like and so and then does it relax my body does it relax tension in my body or maybe does it tone so like certain plants like astringent is a word that we use to describe um you know things like wines and green tea where it has that astringing that pulling together of the tissues that tightening of the tissues that would be a tightening tonifying action compared to relaxing which might be a muscle relaxant or something like that so it's actually really practical terminology and um And then these things show up on the more subtle energetics. Again, I'm using the word energetics, but the most more subtle energies of how the plant shows up and its personality comes out. But then it's also how the the physical body of the plant tastes and feels and what its actions are in our body. Yeah. And, and also there's a spectrum of this. So there's like, like some plants might be kind of neutral. Like maybe they're not super hot or super cool. Maybe they're just somewhere in the middle. Like it's not, every plant's not just, you know, everything's on a spectrum. Yeah. Which makes total sense. Like cayenne, like ginger, they'd be on one far end of like pretty hot and yeah, there's somewhere in the middle. So this is where I really love this idea of having a, a custom blend made 
this is why I still use custom blends made just for me because mm-hmm. my constitution, because the way my body is, is made up, it reacts much better to some plants than others. So if you've tried plants before, if you're like, well, I don't know, I've gone down this path, just know that there's a whole other layer to it. And this is not saying that some herbalists are better than others in the way they practice. We're all just different. And again, I love how body-based that is. So um, I'm curious, a slightly different question here. I'm curious if you have any stories or any adventures you've ever had when you've been making medicine or if anything really funny or crazy has happened when you've been out in the woods. And that's total, like, if anything comes to mind for you. <laughs> like, I've seen some of your pictures. These two, like, like Travis and Marie, you guys have such incredible pictures. It's like, I can feel what you guys are doing there because it's so potent. The energy comes through in the photos and you sometimes take photos when you're out in probably the middle of nowhere. Like I remember when, <laughs> oh, was it skunk cabbage? I'm trying to remember what Travis was harvesting, but like mucky deep in, in the earth. But uh, yeah, if any, any stories or any thoughts come to mind from that. Yeah, let me think. There's so many stories. <laughs> Probably the opposite. I mean, There's a million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, stories just like general stories about harvesting. Let me think. Yeah, plants are funny. Some plants are tricksters where we will spend like an entire day just being like looking, like we'll be like, oh, because usually what we do is we we know, you know, like the, the ecology where a plant likes to grow. So maybe it likes to grow in wet places or something like that. So we'll be like, okay, it likes wet feet. It's probably going to be growing in this area because we know these other plants grow there. So um, we're going to go to that place. And this is kind of a broad, it's not a specific story. It's just a broadly what happens with plants sometimes. So we're going to like look on a map and we'll be like, okay, over here will probably be a good area. This will probably be a good area. And we'll kind of map out and guess we're going to go for the day. And sometimes plants are just trickster. Like you will go to that place. We'll spend hours and hours walking around looking for something and it just won't be there. And then the funniest thing is that a lot of the time it's that when we relax and stop being so um, like looking for the plants sharply, yep. <laughs> like just searching the landscape in a really intense way and kind of are like more wandering through or even have given up and are like, well, maybe it's not here. And then we drive by another little area. Maybe we'll just pull down this logging road and drive up this place and just see if anything's there. And sure enough, we end up stumbling across this like, field of whatever we were looking for these kinds of things happen quite a bit like plants are they really want us to be in a particular head space and heart space when we are approaching them and sometimes they just force us to go there (laughs) they're like we're gonna make the space for you to land before you're able to actually approach us to meet with us but yeah that's yeah yeah so yeah that's definitely happened and we've had like funny arguments when we're out and we're like I don't know like you said you saw this growing here before like it's not anywhere or whatever (laughs) right and then it's like as we just soften in and we're like okay maybe we won't have this plant in our dispensary this year like that kind of sucks but you know it's fine and then typically we end up finding it you know the next day Travis happens to be going somewhere completely different for a different reason and he's like oh my gosh there's all these elderberry (laughs) trees growing here or whatever it is so there's a lot of um, 
trusting the process. <laughs> yes. And it's a nonlinear one, like much of this, much of this work and much of living this way. And, and I know that even what kind of came to mind from that is even when we have that kind of objective and that the head directive and we're even coming at it from a good place and a grounded place it's like well, there's always something we can learn like there's a, there's yeah. always some there's more teaching from them and from being outside I feel like than we could ever learn from a book or from reading so this is the experiential way of working with plants there's a bit of magic and a bit of mystery and a bit of yes. trickster energy in it yeah, yeah I love it but yeah I'm curious about, so we talked a lot about the highly sensitive aspect and we, we touched on gifts just to shift gears slightly here again. I'm curious if you feel open to sharing what you consider both the biggest challenge, and they might be separate things, the biggest challenge of being highly sensitive and the biggest gift of being highly sensitive. Yeah. So that's such a good question. And it's, um, I listened to the the episode you did with Aaron the other day and, and I think my answer is pretty similar to his where it's it's such a gift and privilege to feel people and um, feel the undercurrents of you know the energy in a space and and even to just have such a strong intuition about like I'm going to take this job I'm not going to take that job or whatever yeah. it is to have these strong just knowings about being in the world and really being able to lean into those and have them guide me through what program I'm going to study or whatever it is. And to be able, again, to feel people so strongly and, um, and acutely, but that also is really hard. And especially when I wasn't as in tune and taking care of that part of myself, I found myself managing other people a lot because I'm really good at reading energy. And so I would pick up on, oh, somebody's stress, I'll take on that stress. I will take care of the space and make them as unstressed out as possible. But I would be <laughs> so stressed out on their behalf. Um, and it's really taken a lot of, um, you know, listening to myself and learning about my sensitivities to be able to get clear on how to use them in a good way and, and how to be kind to myself as a sensitive being in the world. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. Be kind to ourselves because I think that's such a huge, huge element to it is again, we are, depending on where you read, but approximately 15 to 20% of the population are highly sensitive and most of them don't even know it. So that, that discovery journey, that understanding, that looking back and being like, oh yeah, oh, I totally have <laughs> done that before and may well be in that situation again, but it's, it's really, this is where that sacred self-care I think comes in massively. And I don't feel like it's really, I think I've said before, self-care has kind of lost its potency. So I often think of it as care of the self and all our different layers. So this is one of the reasons why I started this podcast in the first place is to kind of pull tools and practices and just mindset pieces together for people to start reframing their experiences and seeing these two sides of the coin. The challenge is the gift and they're just on a spectrum. And there's often a lot of, I liked what Aaron said, there's a lot of skillfulness required by it. So it's very, mm -hmm. very interesting to ponder. Mm -hmm. 
But I'm wondering if you had any other elements that you wanted to bring in today or if there was like, oh yeah, I wanted to share that for I find out how people can contact you and, and all of that. But I just want to open up a space if there's anything else that you wanted to share. Well, maybe just as a last um, parting words, I'll just say I haven't actually mentioned any specific plants, but I really like to recommend just the mint family as a whole <laughs> to highly sensitive people because um, there's a lot of really amazing plants in that family that are specifically indicated for nervous system support. And there's such a spectrum of, you know, lemon balm is one of those plants, but there's such a spectrum of some that are more grounding, some that are more uplifting, but all of them tend to have this affinity for the nervous system. So if you're just looking for plants to help with anxiety, depression, um, you know, just feeling more settled in your body, grounding, all these kinds of things, that might be a really good family to start with, just to kind of give a little tidbit for people who are interested in plants and might want to start working with them. They also tend to be really safe. Um, always look at counterindications, of course, but generally they're, they're fairly safe and there are definitely counterindications with quite a few of them, but um, look into that for yourself. Yeah, and is that in, or is there a mint family plant in the Calm Waters blend that you have? Yeah, there, there's two mint family plants. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that blend is Hawthorne, Hawthorne Berry, which is in the Rose family, um, heart medicine. And then there's Tulsi, so holy basil is another common name for it. And that's um, another type of basil, kind of like our common sweet basil. But yeah, nervous system affinity, mint family plants for sure. Uh, very much we call it um, or some people will say it is like herbal yoga <laughs> liquid yoga um, because that. it just has this calming grounding centering clear-headed kind of feel just like when you're coming out of shavasana and you just feel that sense of um, you know connectiveness and then the third plant in that blend is um, wood betony which is really a plant for I love this one for people who are really disassociated and really having a hard time connecting to their bodies so like people who get that feeling of floating over their body and not being in it like wood betony might be a great one to look into and um yeah just any of that foggy kind of far away feeling this is a great plant to start connecting us back to our core and back to our center to the solar plexus so those are the three plants in that one. But yeah, two of them are mint family plants. <laughs> I love it. That's awesome. And while we've talked all about herbal energetics and constitution and, and all of that, sometimes if people are finding like, I don't really know where to start with that, or maybe that isn't really accessible for me right now. Uh, I did just want to name, I love your blends. I find them really quite balanced. And I, as you know, I have, I have the jumbo size of your wild mushroom blend. <laughs> because I take it so often. I absolutely, absolutely love that blend. But if you're just getting started and you're not 100% sure where to go, then I'll let Marie share a little bit about how to get in touch with you. But they also do have a great little online shop that has a few of these blends for kind of broader categories. And yeah, I know there's Calm Waters and the Wild Mushroom Blend, but there may be others. So yeah, how can people get in touch with you? How can they find you? And what's going on in Althea Herbal's land right now? <laughs> yeah, so Althea Herbal's, um, yeah, so if you want to just go to our website, it's altheaherbals.com. 
and we have lots of different things that we offer. So um, I'll just dive in because yeah. the spelling's a little bit of a surprise for people. So oh, I'm just like, yes. spelling it out. <laughs> and I love it. I love the Latin, marshmallow root, right? Latin words. Yeah, it's the it's the Latin name for the marshmallow plant, which hundred percent people are like, How do I pronounce this? How do I spell this? And I'm like, I don't care, I love it. This is our name. But <laughs> you're right, it can be confusing. So A L T H a-E-A is Althea and then herbals. So H-E-R-B-A-L-S.com, Althea Herbals. Um, and that's my partner and I run, run Althea together. And so, yeah, we do a number of different things. So like you said, we do have um, some already made products, not very many of them because our passion is to custom make blends for people. But we also do want there to be some accessibility. And if people are just dipping their toes or just learning about herbs, that they have a place that they can source them. So there's that. Um, so with our little online shop. And then um, you can book consults with either myself or my partner. And then we also teach quite a bit. Um, I can I'm actually say pro- I love their classes. So <laughs> huge, huge recommendation for their classes with both, I guess, mainly online now. These days it has been online, but actually coming up this summer, we are allowed to teach outside in small groups. So um, I've decided to pull back for a little bit just because I have some ruminating, <laughs> ruminating things going on. Um, yeah, so I've just decided to pull back and I'm not teaching for the next few months, but um, Travis does have some plans um, to teach some different plant walks and things like that throughout the summer, which, um, yeah, which will be really fun. And he's just, um, just releasing those in the next little bit. However, we do offer them to our Herbal Medicine Club first. And honestly, the slots might all be full just because we have 20 people in Herbal Medicine Club and a lot of them will probably sign up for the plant walks and things. And because of COVID restrictions, we have to keep um, class sizes on the, on the smaller sides. Oh, but if there's a lot of interest, um, we might consider um, you know, offering a second class, for example. So we'll see how it all plays out. Yeah. But that's kind of what's going on in, in herbal land for us right now. Awesome. And I love that you are taking that space for that rumination for things to grow. Cause often again, from the business side, there's this inner pressure, which is often from an outward pressure, always be going forward, always be expanding. And honestly, as a highly sensitive, that's not the way that I work. And it sounds like not the way that you work. We, we need our time to sit back, reflect, to let these new ideas come through. And it sounds like people, yeah, you guys have a great email that you send out every, every so often you don't flood my inbox. So maybe it's only once a month, yeah, <laughs> usually want to just kind of keep in touch with the offerings. Then I'm guessing they can get in touch with that by your website. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. At the bottom of our website, there's the classic newsletter sign up there. And yeah, we usually only send it once a month unless there's like some kind of special mid-month reason that you know if we're doing some kind of special offering or something but yeah it's usually only once a month and um yeah just to quickly speak to what you what you're saying the magic comes through pulling back I've really discovered the more that I'm like and I'm not doing this and I'm quitting that and I'm creating space here and then the sessions showing up in my clinic have been so incredible and so soulful and I've been able to hold them so wholeheartedly because I am not distracted. I don't have a million things on the go and I'm able to just show up in that in those sensitive ways and really 
um, be there fully. So that's been a huge gift. And that's really what spurred me to be like, you know what, I'm going to take a break from putting so much energy out and just let people come to me for a bit and um, see what happens. Yeah, and I absolutely hugely agree with there's a lot of un undercurrents in our our lives and when our our work so aligns with our our personal path a lot of us that do this type of work we're we're yeah, we're not in it for a straight 9 to 5 and having a paycheck and all of that though of course we need support we need to have our our rents paid we need to have our growth there's a whole other topic in there on money and exchange which we'll save for another time <laughs> But this has really been been bubbling up lately about finding ways that work for us that really support our sensitivities. So just encourage you if you are, are one of those and even if you are in that space, like I, I have worked the nine to five. I have done that for many, many moons. And there are ways to gently bring in more sensitive and soulful supports for ourselves in that. So one isn't better than the other, just different. But... I think I will slowly shift us towards a close for our wonderful chat today. And thank you for your patience. We had some very fun, (laughs) well, okay, not that fun technological issues, but here we are. We've had a lovely time and I really appreciate your wisdom, your plant knowledge, and just the embodiment and passion you bring for plants because it's really, really fun to see. And I just want to thank you again for coming on the show today. Uh, thank you so much. I love that you invited me. It's such a pleasure and everything that you offer and put out and all your podcasts, I listen to them. I think everything you're doing is really special. And I do feel like our paths are so aligned in this funny, funny one hour away from each other way. <laughs> yeah. So close yet so far. Yeah, <laughs> totally. I love it. Yeah, I love it so much. And this has been super fun. And if yeah, I'll put in the show notes, your website, I'll just basically mention your Instagram handle is the same as your website. At yeah, Althea, Herbal, at Althea Herbals. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah, wherever you want to get in touch and find Marie and learn a little bit more, you can there. And I think that'll bring us to a close for today. So wonderful. And if you are listening to this episode i'm just going to add in a couple more things at the end so stay tuned but for now i will say bye to marie bye thank you i hope you enjoyed today's episode with marie i hope you learned something new and that you had some fun listening to it and as we move towards a close for today's episode A reminder about next week's Awakening HSP Circle, which is all about flower essences for highly sensitive people. That's coming up on Thursday, May 13th at 5.30 Pacific Time. And as always, I would love to hear what you think of the podcast. If there's anything that you would like me to speak about, I invite you to get in touch. You can either leave a review or a message on the podcast. So far, I've been seeing the comments, so I should see it there. But you can always head to my website, combinationhealing.ca. I'll include that in the show notes, of course. And you can find my direct email on there as well. That's all for episode 13. 
one of my favorite numbers. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful day. Until next time, bye for now.